our guest is a friend of mine who lives in the UK and she's a fantastic photographer and photo editor and has uh, just a beautiful collection of photography in like the a fine art kind of form. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Angelica Hyde. Can I pause for just a second? I need to pause. I'm sorry. We are having a technical issue. Yeah, it's definitely on this end and it's, it's, um, oh, it works. <laughs> yeah, you have technical knowledge. It worked. I, I couldn't do anything works. like that. I sometimes I feel that way too. <laughs> uh, okay. People have um, just been thinking you've just been sitting there talking to yourself. Right. <laughs> can anyone in our audience verify that? We, oh, good. They can hear. All right. Yay. Let's continue. I, I hope you remember what you were talking about. <laughs> I'm so uh, The woods <laughs> and the bushes. <laughs> uh, you were talking about how with photography, uh, people think that you're shooting in these huge spaces and you said all you really need is like one square meter. And pretty, pretty much, yeah. Like maybe, I, I, I'm guessing that as a measurement, but that sounds about right, really. is like you can be in like a car park for a train station or a supermarket and see like a tiny bit of foliage that looks nice. And actually that's all you need because as long as like you've maybe got about that much either side of the model's head if you just want a headshot or a little bit wider but people seem to think you're shooting in these like massive bushes they're like where on earth do you find these locations and I'm like oh yeah I just shot in the car park or at the side of the road and people look at me like I'm absolutely bonkers and I think it, it it's sort of being able to see those spaces that you can use and that mm-hmm. being able to see that you could maybe make it into something more just with the photograph because the photograph of course when you're taking a picture you're only capturing a certain frame like the cars going past like that far away they're not on there so they don't matter um a few years ago there was a kind of a trend happening i saw it on tiktok and a few other videos where people were going into um stores that sold uh fake flowers like craft stores and um, okay. places like that that were selling like silk flowers or fake flowers. And they were going in and doing like selfies or photo shoots with just, you know, the, the model or whoever, or it could be a selfie. So they'd like crouch down by the, in the flowers and then take the wow. picture as if they were surrounding <laughs> them. And it, mm. and then they'd leave the store, which. The storyness probably didn't like very much. Maybe not, but it was kind of a trend going on for a little while over here. I never saw that. I never saw that. I'm I'm a weird one when it comes to fake flowers. Like I have no problem with them, but I don't use them so much in what I do. I'd never be averse to using them if they fitted a certain theme. But like I've I'm I'm terrible because of course you can never a hundred percent guarantee when certain flowers are gonna bloom. And usually they're only around for about two weeks. So like Blossom, for example, comes around for two weeks and then there's this bush that makes a purple flower. I think it's actually called lilac bush that I like that only lasts about two weeks. And then there's, a, there's another, I think it's apple blossom that's this beautiful pink that probably doesn't even last two weeks. So I'd like previously schedule models all through like March, April and May, just praying that I get those specific weeks where I'll get the bushes and I'll be making my partner drive me around all these streets and just 
like he'll be sitting there chatting to me and I'll go bush in the kind of like oh my god like stop it stop (laughs) every time I found this new bush that I'd never shot in before like the excitement that yeah I love it but you're right and you know what you can tell that the flowers you're using are real and that yeah, does and I, make I, a difference. Yeah. I do like that in photography, but I see people using fake flowers that can look amazing. It's just, that's not what I see, if that makes sense. Like, there's there's a photographer over here that I've seen a couple of times using, like, giant flowers. And, like, I'm like, oh, that, 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 that looks really cool in those shots. But and, and maybe it would look cool if I did something as well. I haven't really investigated the concept of a giant flower, to be honest with you. But then to me it's slightly different from fake flowers because I'd be like if I bought fake flowers I'd be like standing at a bush and poking them in to try and make them look like they were part of the bush and it would probably defeat the purpose a little bit I get it yeah you might see the difference yeah you might be like why is that person stuck a load of fake flowers in a real bush (laughs) that bush would (laughs) never grow those (laughs) I just think I was a bit bonkers but then I am a bit bonkers so I take it but in, in good ways. I try to be. But I can't be 100% about that. I'm just nuts. I'm just nuts. <laughs> Which brings me to these journals. <laughs> <laughs> the dresses, the journals. I just, yeah. When I sort of get my teeth into something, I sort of, yeah, a little bit obsessive. Borderline unhealthy. <laughs> just borderline, though. Not Only borderline. <laughs> Mm. the way I try to view it if you want to turn it into like a little bit of a positive is I don't actually allow myself many pleasures in life like I'm quite focused on trying to get the mortgage paid off before I'm like 80 um (laughs) you know just there's a lot of outgoings in life and stuff and there's if something makes me smile and I can afford it I don't often treat myself to things like we don't really go out for meals or go on holiday or anything. So like if if there's something that makes me smile and I can afford to do it, then why not? Life's a bit too short. And you can feel free to tell the story of my journal mania. (laughs) Well, one day I got a message. (laughs) (laughs) Once upon a time. (laughs) Once upon a time. I got a message from across the pond. <laughs> I just said, Carpe diem. Yes. Seize the day. So um, you collect these journals. They are, I'm going to, I'm going to say what they are. So if anybody in our audience ever finds any, um, send them to me and I will, I will pass them on. I will send them to you. So it's a punch studio journal. They're the ones from. I, they made them for a long time, but they're the kind that have a brooch, the sparkly like rhinestone brooch on the cover. Usually they have some kind of gilded um, or like a, a, most of the time it's gold kind of accents on the paper. And they're beautiful. They have florals and butterflies and Paris and <laughs> Paris. <laughs> lots of Paris, Paris. <laughs> peacocks and things like that. And they yeah. have many themes and they still make them, but they're not the same. And they're, it's quite not, as nice. They're, yeah, they're a little different. They're not, they're a little more modernized. They're not quite. I as mean, they'll do, but they're, they're not the same. So the old ones are out there still. They didn't, um, they discontinued them, but they're out there in people's homes and at uh, various 
secondhand stores and things like that. So we've been on the hunt to find them because most of them seem to be here in the U.S. And it's easy to find them on, well, I can't say easy, but you've just become a master at finding them <laughs> on sites like Mercari and uh, OfferUp was a site. I don't know if we got any from there. Poshmark. We didn't, Poshmark, Posh we got some. Not, mm -hmm. not OfferUp, I don't think we actually, yeah, yeah eBay. Much. Yeah. I, I check most days on eBay. <laughs> yeah. And I think I, I when I, I, I change jobs and they put me on garden leave for the second part of my notice, which is here in the UK is where they basically send you home um, and still pay you. And it was like, oh, brilliant. Um, so I was up for like all hours sitting there just searching. <laughs> we got a lot I think I'm exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Because I discovered Macari at that point. Right. That was the issue. <laughs> <laughs> issue. <laughs> yeah, we're probably safer and things like offer up and stuff because they block my IP address because I'm in the UK. Macari still lets me browse, but it won't let me do very much without the app. Like, it's very annoying because basically I, I asked Emily to be my postal hub for my journal obsession but Macari won't actually let me physically buy it with a UK card and it won't let me message people so poor Emily has to check for messages <laughs> from the crazy peacock lady right we had one what? Oh, so there, was, there was this one journal she did not send it because she couldn't find it and she was she communicated with us fine and of course I could I was the only one that could see the messages um, and so, and we, she's crazy. She, <laughs> I hope she's not listening. <laughs> she probably isn't. <laughs> I don't think she'll be she's crazy, <laughs> right? So she had this peacock journal, and it came with a peacock pen, which, by the way, the pen did not match the picture in the sale post. We didn't want the pen anyway. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Like it's literally falling apart. I don't. I have it somewhere around here. Anyway, so she sh finally, after two or three months, she found yeah. it and she shipped it. And then, so I opened the box. I didn't know for sure which one that was. Like, because we, there are several that arrive sometimes. Right. So I opened it up and there's the peacock journal and the peacock pen and a spider plant. That was nearly dead. It was nearly, yes. Because it was in like early January or something. It was very cold here. And, like, a plant normally would not survive in these temperatures. <laughs> and she's just a little baby spider plant. And it, her note okay. was so upbeat and cute. Like, and here's a bonus little spider plant for you. And I was like, this poor thing. This crazy lady. But a little bit of context. I, I yeah. decided in, in my nuttiness, because I'm, I'm just weird and I'm, I'm quite, I suppose, in touch with my emotions, if you like, that when I had my little girl, that I was going to journal for her all the time. It sounds incredibly morbid, but that hopefully if we get on very well in later life, and she does like me, um, when I die, she will have hundreds of books <laughs> because I, I journal quite a lot. Um, so, yeah, it sounds morbid, but I, I'm hoping it's going to be a great idea. Um, poor little poor little girl with like these gonna have boxes and boxes of books being like oh my godmother what did you do why did you do this to me um <laughs> it is a great but, idea <laughs> but i i picked this particular theme of journal that's like really not that easy to get hold of anymore and i was like oh what an idiot so emily has been absolutely amazing and has probably already posted three or four boxes of these things to me and because if 
they all come from Emily. A, if they don't ship to the U, if they ship to the UK, they probably charge a fortune. Whereas Emily can ship like ten or fifteen at once, and it will cost a lot less. Um, and not one's got lost in the post yet. It's quite amazing. Um, yeah, we'll probably do another shipment, aren't we? <laughs> Especially I think after I might what's... have enough to do another one now. Yeah. Well, I think there's going to be some more coming in the next week or so, so let's hold out for those. Okay. You saw the one I found last night. I really like that one. Sorry. Mm, yes, terrible. me too. <laughs> so, yeah, I spend my um, spare time Google image searching, trying to find these things, because eBay blocks me. The one I found last night, eBay blocked me from finding it because they didn't ship to the UK. So oh. I found it on Google Images, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, they're sneaky that way. But see, yeah. they can ship here, and then I can ship to you. So it works yeah. out. It's just it's kind of a convoluted way, but we've mastered it at this point, I think. Or you have it. Oh, no, you're, you're just amazing for doing it. And like I said earlier, I probably owe you depreciation on your post box. At some point, <laughs> I'm probably going to have to buy you a new one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I get into these things and end up sort of like, just end up with loads of them journals currently my thing theater dresses have been my thing for the photography hence i I, th- I think i'm good on that collection at the moment to like i get back into it and... i can't wait also i don't <laughs> i see it as a positive what you're doing with this is something i really did believe it do still i should I should say that way believe in because i think it's awesome and adeline's going to really um I predict that she will really appreciate it and see the effort that you put in. Have you? You should probably write in there like what you've gone through to get. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I do. I've I've told her all about you. (laughs) Oh, right. You sent me that one page. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I told her about you before, and um, yeah, about how you're helping me collect all these journals, and oh, I got another package from Emily today. Oh, I got these journals. And but yeah, no, a lot of them are very religious as well. And I'm I'm not, and most of them are not religious. But there's a specific division that do religious ones. And I'm not in any way averse to religion. But I want her to grow up and be who she's going to be. But then, the market of these beautiful journals is is so limited. So. I, I kind of had to broaden my horizons and go into the religious one. Um, Archer in our chat says, I have a box of my dad's writings, manuscripts, and memoirs. It's such a pretty uh, <gasps> pretty great connection to him now that he's gone. So I heartily apply. Wow, I can't read. So I heartily applaud you doing this for her. Yeah. Oh, someone else understands my craziness. <laughs> it's amazing. No, I, do, I just thought, I don't know why I thought of it. And I was doing it when I was on maternity leave. And like, I think I filled a book in about four months and then um oh yeah you, you should you say about that like emily knows so i've ended up writing every day like i put her down to bed and write every day and now i seem to be getting through a book every six to eight weeks <laughs> this poor poor child when i said hundreds i literally meant hundreds well, what a great gift to be able to go back and kind of read day over day what that life was like and um, just get that same sort of experience. You can get so much out of reading that. Um, there's a uh, a set of books that I'm that I've had on my list for a while, and it's Ned Roram's. He's a composer, um, and his Parisian journals. 
Um, he spent a lot of time over in Paris writing about um, just himself, life, other people, and things. They're quite salacious if you go look them up, but I'm not reading them for that. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, Emily, don't call me out like that. <laughs> um, but the, the real thing behind them is just it is such an insight to him as a person because he's writing so consistently. So I see that same sort of thing of you get to see who you are, what you're thinking about, what your goals are. And really by the time that, uh, that your daughter goes through them, I think she's going to be able to connect to them quite a bit. I hope so. Like just the goals being survive every day, right? Um, but yeah, on on a serious note as well, it, it's actually amazing for me because I think the human memory, I don't know about you guys, but I think it's such a fallible thing. It seems to sort of only store those important things that in you, you sort of think back to a certain period in time and you remember snippets. But when I write these things every day that have been, I mean, I've, I've, as Emily well knows, I've had quite some trauma in my life, um, not over, in more recent times. So a couple of the books where I was having a really difficult time, it was quite difficult reading, going back over that. But around that, especially around when she was really little and I was off on maternity leave with her, and like that was just an amazing time. And um, reading back, I would go, oh, yeah, I remember that. But I probably never would have, e even though it was only like... <sighs> seven eight months ago like I, I would never have remembered it if something hadn't triggered me to remember it because I sat down and just even even silly little things like I sat down and I just wrote oh your sister came down today and because um my partner has an older daughter um and we went to the park together and we did this and we did that mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have remembered that specific day that specific event those things that happened bar reading back and being like oh yeah I remember doing that so it's kind of handy, even though, for me, in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. Especially no, when you're I... going... I'm sorry, Trey. Nope, you go. Especially when you're going through something, like you said, is traumatic. A lot of times, you're just trying to survive. So you're not mm -hmm. retaining a lot of those memories. I, no. I find that same thing, too, when I've gone through various <laughs> things. I, and especially if I haven't journaled at all, those memories are just gone. Yeah. Obviously, it was hard and things were happening and I was writing them down to her. So when I go back over those journals, I think I can say I'm in a much better place now. But even still, it's hard to go back and read over those things when you you don't really want to remember them sometimes. I mean, maybe in three years time when I'm so far away from it, I can look back and go, yeah, that sucked. Um, but yeah, I've, I've wanted... I mean, I know I'm deviating a million miles from photography here, but I, <laughs> I, I, I've wanted to be like 100% honest with her about where I've been and who I am because that, that sort of, for me, it's like to have that connection with me. I'll just swear a bit less than I do in real life, but to um, <laughs> sort of have that connection of, you know, who I really was, what I really went through because life isn't a bed of roses at the end of the day. And I love that that there is that level of transparency um i feel like at least from my perspective with my parents that there was so much that just was not said because it was under the guise of they're trying to protect me from real life mm -hmm. yeah. and i feel like being honest with your kids and having that moment of vulnerability um both from an artistic but also from a very person-to-person -person standpoint 
really just makes such a deeper connection to say it's okay to not be okay when you're a parent. It's okay to not be okay when you're a kid. So there's that level of mutual understanding and going, we're going to get through this together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, everything's okay about murder. I'm not down with that. And really, I don't really want to do hard drugs either. But, you know, it's just, you know. (laughs) 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 Don't listen to me. That's what I'm saying. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, like, I I think I certainly grew up. And, like, there's a lot in life, I think, where you, I think an older generation sort of believe very much in hiding your emotions and closing yourself off. And I, I actually don't think that's healthy. I mean, people seem to see that as like a sign of strength. And I, I really think actually sometimes talking about your pain and what you've been through is actually far stronger than trying to bottle it up and hide it and black it out and pretend it never happened. Um, because actually, I think if you talk about things and if you really... I don't know, share them and express yourself. That's how you get past them. I don't think you ever truly get past something if you hide from it or try and hide it from the world. And from, totally agree. It's what, what is interesting is like, I think about as you say that, asking someone to start talking about a painting or start talking a piece of art that has no words, no connotations behind it. It just, it is an image in front of you. How do you respond to this? And I've put this in front of people who who are very guarded about their emotions, and they're very guarded. Um, and I watch them be very guarded about talking about a painting, and they just go, "It's a painting. It's a photograph." And I'm like, "Well, how does it make you feel?" And the more that you start to pry, you start to watch the very similar things of being able to talk about their emotions and being able to describe art as being in a somewhat diminished capacity. Now, is that true for everybody? No. And I will say that Mm. humility, but it is a very interesting observation I've had about people that have been both guarded and then Mm. don't talk about art in that capacity. This is, it, it's an a concept because I suppose ultimately photography is art. I and I suppose for me it's a way of expressing what's inside me, whether that's like a childlike fairy tale fantasies with sort of a dark twist to them. But not not one to say. I don't, this sound awful to say this about my mum, but I don't I don't mean it in a negative way towards her. But she doesn't like my photography. Um, she she looks at it and I show her and she's like, yeah, I don't like it. And for her, it's it's very transparent. It's just not her thing. She certainly wouldn't see anything in what I do or what I create. She doesn't even look at it and think it's good because she didn't like it. Um, if she looks at a photo I haven't edited, she'll be like, oh, that's much nicer. Because it just doesn't kind of gel with her. And I suppose that's a similar... It's difficult because she's not being critical. She's not trying to be horrible with saying it. She just doesn't like it. It's just not her. Like you said, it's not her thing. Hmm. But it's all very black and white with her as opposed to maybe someone looking at it and being more open to that kind of thing. That's relatable. I used to be like that. It took me quite a while to be able to see art and appreciate it for what it was, even if it wasn't my thing. Okay. Okay. Um, I can now. Uh, it took mm. being around more artists and seeing the work they put in 
but also like just as I've grown as a person, I think that has also helped. There's definitely yeah. art people make that I would not put in my home, but are they amazing? Yeah. I'm never going to tell yeah. them I wouldn't put it in my home. <laughs> no, that'd be for me. <laughs> but I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with the most parts. There are certain things that people call art that I still can't get behind. Like, I don't know, a tiny little dot on a big white wall. Uh, that, that, that just, I'm not even sure it's artistic because I just don't, I can't see that. I can see most things. Yeah. (laughs) And then sell it for a million dollars. And I'm like, excuse you. Um, And it's probably more controversial, but over here there was um, someone made a piece of artwork and it was an unmade bed or a messy bed. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really relate to that so much, those sort of elements of art. But but generally, I can appreciate all forms of art, really. There are just certain things that I'm like, no, how? I can I can create an unmade bed every day. <laughs> exactly. Except I'm not going to be paid a whole heap of money for it. It's just rude. Oh, the crumpled up piece of paper. I remember that yeah. one too. Yeah, that sort of thing I struggle with. And it's like, I think my partner said something about a piece of chewing gum on a sidewalk. Mm. Again, I'm like, well, how, just because you're someone important, you can put a piece of gum on a sidewalk and, and become sell it for how much it's not fair but over on tiktok there was a recent thing about um i don't know how it happened there are so many stories at this point it's already become a legend but it's about the sewer uh sewer rat hole in new york there's this it's an image of it literally looks like a chipmunk a squirrel a rat of some sort fell into wet cement stayed there they pulled it out and left just this like splat of this or this like laying out of this animal in the side of it in the side of the sidewalk and there were some reports to the city people found out that there were reports and that they were going to fill it in and then it became this vigil and so now people have recreated the sewer rat hole uh, through 3D prints they've done it through like putting it outside on their own uh, like uh, front sidewalks so it's just become its own thing oh, i have not heard of that <laughs> no i hadn't heard of it but i mean obviously i'm in i'm in the uk so but right wow huh. <laughs> sorry hi <laughs> i have weird things to talk about i am chronically <laughs> online <laughs> well it's even well, like banksy who has made a whole career on what would be graffiti mm-hmm. yeah. you know although i think arguably if his graffiti in a way is work of art yes i I mean because you can still find art in graffiti can't you and Mm -hmm. people do it really beautifully but but yeah rather than just like spraying an x on a wall in black and saying it's art it's like maybe not so much but maybe maybe that's me being narrow-minded i mean it still falls in the category of something i wouldn't put in my house (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i think yeah graffiti is very artistic there's people who do graffiti have this talent that i somehow don't have um at least i don't know i suppose some of that could come with practice but some of the letters and things they they do Mm. are phenomenal yeah i'm kind of impressed by that yeah and also you think about when they do stuff in really big space and like how do they get everywhere right (laughs) right (laughs) 
<laughs> like you need wings really i'm sure they have ladders probably have more human boring mechanisms i don't think i don't random rambles it's just reminded me my other half has always been like amazing in terms of supporting my photography and i decided i wanted wings and he made some for me i i like i ordered cellophane that was like iridescent and he he got wire copper wire i think from his old workplace and he like I can't. I don't even know what he did, but he properly manipulated it all into the right shapes and stuff to stick the cellophane to, and like it was crazy. He just spend his time after work doing this because I had this crazy notion that I wanted to put wings on somebody. I love it. That's how big? Awesome. How big were the wings? <laughs> big, big. I'll send you a photo after okay. this. One of the ones that we did with it. Um, there's a a model called Ash Millman she's lovely and she's probably one of my most successful shoots I think because you obviously have successful shoots but we shot multiple sets it was very cold and they were all like some of my favourite pictures I I loved working with her Um, and yeah she she wore the wings (laughs) and then we we put them on someone else actually so (laughs) you've had um, phenomenal luck working with some uh, really amazing models and people and I'm very lucky yeah. I can say no more than that 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 just is I just am really lucky <laughs> um I was wondering I guess I want to back up hold on one my cat is just throwing everything off my desk hugs <laughs> um she just went for my mouse <laughs> my, my... <laughs> she knows <laughs> I was like, please, I need that. <laughs> um, and now she clicked. Okay, there we go. Uh, so, but as far as, I want to know how you got started. Like, I mean, because at one point you picked up a camera and did this type of photography for the first time. So how did so, that become a thing? I used to model, believe it or not, once in a while. Um, and yeah, that was a long time ago. Um, and my partner did photography as well. And of course, I think you probably find it with all models. You're incredibly self-critical, like issues with your face. You know, I think I look fat in that. And I, I was terrible. We would go out and he'd take photos and I'd like go through Lightroom and he'd be like, is that literally the only one she like? And I'm like, yeah, you can't edit that. I look ugly in that. Or I look like this. Or I look like that. Um, so he not got annoyed but I think it was very frustrating for him how self-critical I was and a couple of times he was sort of like right you know why don't why don't you try taking pictures and it's like yeah so we got his daughter who's older well not older she's she's still very young she's 25 but like not the one-year-old age um (laughs) and this would have been so when I very first picked up a camera this was late 2015 so this would have been about eight years ago so she should have been about 17 and we took her to the woods and I'm like right we're going to do this and we're going to do this I'm going to put you in this dress I'm going to do this and he's like oh my god like you're, you're really running before you can walk here like you're putting her in this dress and you're taking this box and you're going to use this as a prop and like how do I get this to look like this so oh my god what's the matter with you and anyway we, we just took pictures and, and I liked it <laughs> um and yeah, that's that's sort of kind of how it started. He often talks to me and find, finds it kind of hilarious that when I went from modelling to photography, he thought I'd be taking less stuff. But of course, now I got into all the gowns and I supply the gowns and I, I get headpieces and I made things and I take huge 
bags are like these huge ikea bags if you have them there the big blue ones and like i fill them with gowns and stuff everything in and then i have him carrying two of the ikea bags and i'm carrying two of them with a rucksack and a reflector and he's like my god i thought when you moved to photography you'd be carrying less you just have to take your camera bag but no you take more um <laughs> relatable <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> oops <laughs> you should never have suggested it but yeah I think when I first started out that I'd used to model because I could tell people who I was and put a face to a name and I think very much although I know that you know whether it's right or wrong I think a lot of the time female models feel more comfortable around a female so although I'd very first started out I had a few photos I'd previously tinkered in photoshop a little bit because I would edit images of myself just to play with things just for fun so I already had a basic photoshop knowledge and you know a few people would approach me or be interested in working with me and I think they were probably more open to working with a newer photographer because I was female and also because they could they knew who I was and then of course the the moment you work with a few people then it, you you expand don't you because your portfolio develops and people become interested in what they see and then more people come to you or when you go to other people they're more receptive towards working with you because they can see you've got a wider body of work sort of thing so I would say the fact that I had modeled and the fact that I was female really helped in getting started out and my not going to sit here and go on about my real name here but obviously I, I chose the name Angelica Hyde um, and my partner thinks that helps he thinks it's kind of catchy and got some got like a ring to it um, mm -hmm. you're interested in where my crazy name came from I will divulge that oh, sure. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the Hyde element is my well it was my grandmother's married name and it's my mum's maiden name so okay. that's when I came this fairly easy and Angelica with the J specifically is after Angelica Houston um, oh yes she I absolutely adored her when I was a kid well I still absolutely adore her I think she's amazing um but I wrote to her when I was 11 and she wrote back to me and uh, ever while I was a kid and teenager I have like this stack of letters that she used to write back to me she's absolutely amazing so of course oh. she's one of the people that's had a major impact on my life because famous people don't do that yeah and I mean I think it had something to do with the fact that I was an 11 year old kid being like oh, amazing um or I never know what it was but she did write back to me and in, in a lot of ways that changed my life because it told me um or showed me how much good there was in people that some people didn't get sort of like phased by their status in life if you know what I mean mm -hmm. um and yeah so that's where my crazy name came from <laughs> I love that but, <laughs> but yeah my, my partner feels like it has some kind of ring to it which attracts people to work with me I mean obviously I've got to have that has to somehow be backed up by work but he thinks my name helps it's cool <laughs> I'll take it I always thought it was cool <laughs> I wish it was real <laughs> I mean I just mean, a, go ahead. a few pounds a few pounds and a visit to the local office uh you could have it legally be your name <laughs> I know, I know. But I feel like that would be weird. And also in my day job, which is what pays the bills, unfortunately, um, I use my real name. So 
and of course you become known in like I work in financial services technically I suppose it's probably the broader scope of it that my, my job's relatively interesting but um I was never interested in pursuing well I say never interested you know what I would love to make money taking photographs of people's babies I enjoy photographing babies all babies are cute you can't really go wrong with a baby um but I never want to photograph weddings and I've never wanted to be paid to do what I do. I There are some models that are absolutely outstanding and I just can't see what I could do with them in my work. They can be absolutely stunning. And it's no negative representation on them. It's just I'll just look at your face and be like, yeah, I can do, I can work something or I can't. And But that would be my vision at the time. There might be one model, one minute that like... I can't envisage in my work and then a year later I'll be like yes I've got it I can see how I can do something so right. it yeah it's it it's a weird one on like choosing models I'm not entirely sure where I was going with that you know you just sort of like <laughs> waffle off and you're like yeah I know exactly what I'm talking about and then I'm like hang on a minute what point was that actually going there yeah I'm having one of those moments um I don't remember either <laughs> it obviously wasn't very interesting. <laughs> uh, we do have a question from the chat, though, and that is um, the Truth Found okay. asks Do you have any advice for a young teenage girl who is curious about starting photography? Any tips on what to start with? Whew. What makes you tick, I suppose? Sort of like, I know you, you want to do photography, what do you want to photograph? And then looking, I suppose, how to photograph it. I mean, realistically for me, photography in itself is not a complex thing. I was saying to Emily, I, I know how to adjust the aperture, the shutter speed and the ISO on my camera, and that's about it. I'll accidentally stick it in video mode and phone my other half and be like, oh, what have I done? Fix it. Because um, I'm useless. I just, I just know how to get the light how I want it. And all I do is... I need a small space, I need a reflector for lighting, and I shoot everything I do outdoors. The sun is a battle. Um, when yeah. it's really, really sunny, you're finding shady spots and stuff. Um, but usually you, you can. Um, so it's just learning what works for you. But I think the most important thing is what do you want to photograph? What is it inside of you that you want to transpose onto the other side of the camera I suppose for me like I would look at other people's photography and be like well the fine art side of things so like the darker element and all the dresses and stuff I love that so I kind of delved into that and then as you delve into it you find out more and more and more about yourself I think a lot of people have commented about I'm quite into using colors which a lot of that is photoshop um and I've certainly developed more of a darker style than I had when I very first started but I, I think the first key is to know what you want to photograph and know how what you want to create roughly and then practice practice those things and start making it happen I mean if it's inanimate objects that's wonderful that's easy because they're at your disposal all the time if it's models it's a bit trickier um but again, if you're a young girl, maybe you'd have, if it's models you wanted to shoot, hopefully you'd have lots of friends that wouldn't mind helping you out. 
Yeah, I'm going to stop waffling now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's right on. I mean, and you, you have to start somewhere. So starting with something that's of your interest that, and like you said, your, your previous work is not as dark as it is now. You've mm. developed your style over time and it can yeah. change. Exactly. And sorry, by the way, if I make these squeaky noises, it's me moving around in my chair. It's kind of wedged <laughs> up against my desk and it's kind of going, but yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I didn't start photographing the way I photograph immediately it, it took time um there was one thing you said that i wanted to clarify for people who don't realize how this works and that is okay. looking for shade and non sunny days and sunny spots oh, yeah that's fun can you explain to our audience why that's important or at least for oh, you oh so hang on a minute i just pressed <laughs> a button on my phone i was looking i want to see how much battery life i've got left because okay. i'm not entirely sure and i'm using my phone but yeah i couldn't find it out um so on sunny days, if you photograph and like the sun's on a model, it's really glary. Even if you get the model with her back facing the sun, sometimes you can get some absolutely beautiful shots that way. You can get beautiful bokeh. But if it's not what you're going for, if you're going for a very consistent sort of like flat, if you like light, which is typically what I do, that can be very difficult to work with. Um, so for me, like... I'm always looking for something that's facing away from the sun. But I suppose like if I wanted to shoot in a bush, I'm looking for a bush that's at, at the time of day I'm shooting at is in the shade because I don't, I don't want harsh light on the model's face. I don't want harsh shadows. I want a very even light because that's how I like to shoot. Yeah. And it can be very challenging on very sunny days. It's really I was the person... Yeah. Yeah, I would look at the weather forecast and be like, overcast, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind if it rains as long as it's not sunny. And everyone would just be like, oh my God, you're mad. But yeah. I get it. I do. That diffused light <laughs> is um, what I go for too. Um, yeah. The same person in the chat said, I am 13 and I see all my friends doing selfish. I think they just Selfies. want... Probably. selfies probably right it's probably autocorrect i think they just want their heart and personality to be seen but they don't know how to show it i want to take pictures of people to show who they are inside is taking people photos harder i think all my friends are struggling to help find who they are and i want to help is a cell phone okay to start so there are two questions there so i think i mean why not at the end of the day I think there's there's a place for real cameras I think certainly in terms of like editing and everything else but when you're looking to find who you are and what you want to capture and what you enjoy shooting then why why not use the cell phone I suppose to begin with um obviously I am a big believer in DSLRs or the more the bigger sort of cameras because you can get some amazing stuff with them but I, d I don't see why you should limit yourself if you don't have one um in terms of sort of like your friends is shooting people harder um people are often very self-critical so they might not like your photos and you may take that personally even if it's actually a criticism of them about them because we're all our own worst critics like we we all hate ourselves more than anyone else in the world hates us um but in terms of like actually shooting them is harder 
you're dealing with a moving object if you wanted to shoot do sort of like macro photography where you get really close to something which which i do sometimes because i make a bit of jewelry and i try and get really close up and shoot it you can move your your object you can go outside you can go inside you've got as much time as you want with it because it's an inanimate object when you're shooting people you you're left with the situation that you've got at the time you know you might be outside in a garden with a person they might get cold and want to go indoors before you're ready before you've got the shot that you want they might be hungry they might get bored they might you know all, all of those those aspects to it so you're dealing with human nature you're not dealing with something that you can go back to over and over again you're you're left with the the elements that you have to work with at that moment in time being is it sunny is it cloudy you're getting what you want so it is harder because it it's a moment in time that you have to work with you you haven't got all week or month or year until you can get what you want but hopefully yeah sorry i'm going to go on a little bit more but in terms of your your friends if they support what you want to do just think about what you could do to bring out their personalities that you want to capture do they have specific fashion senses would you want them to get dressed in that way are they really really happy people i i find the best way to capture people in their real selves which i i do i it's not the photography that i post but i've been taking taking candid shots at weddings i've taken candid shots of my family when they don't know that i'm taking them you know and my brother's partner has this like amazing smile she's always really happy and she translates really really well on camera but the best thing to do is like i'll be looking at her but she'll just be looking away and she'll have this big laugh and she'll be laughing at something that's happening and capturing that moment and you, you are capturing her being her real self because she doesn't even know you're taking the photo so I find that to be the best way to do it is like you just kind of tell your friends to just be themselves or don't even let them know that you're photographing them. Just blend into the background and they can make amazing pictures. I love that. That is, that is great advice. <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> <Don't> I? No. <laughs> I do. There's... Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Um, sometimes like... Um... I think Emily and I have been talking about some of the um, some models or some stories that you've ever heard from other photographers that you've had where they've told models to just be themselves and they put on this like pose of things and it's and it reads as being like very fake if I can say um, and so I'm curious Emily for you how do you coach models through getting more of their personality to come through um, that's tricky because, yeah, a lot of people will say, oh, just tell me how to stand or just tell me how to pose. You've probably found that too. If you're, if you're working with real humans, which I tend to, I've, I've worked yeah. with models, but mostly, mostly I've worked with real human beings that I can't, not that models aren't real human beings. I just realized how that sounded. <laughs> but like non-model people, like just real people, my friends and they're nervous, you know. I found I'm just the... pointing at the little little one who's got a head around the corner, looking at me and smiling. So, <laughs> but carry on. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Awesome. No, it's great. <laughs> but um, I I I found that the first thirty minutes they just need to like I just do a bunch of practice shots. If one of them turns out good, 
great, but usually the first half hour, none of them are going to be good. They're too nervous. They're too tense. They're too... Even I may be nervous. I am still trying to see what light looks best. I'm, so mm-hmm. coaching them, kind of like, I'll start to do that, but it looks fake if they're doing something fake. So they have to get to where they feel comfortable being real, comfortable being genuine, I, I for lack of a better word, just comfortable being in their own skin in the moment. So for real people... I give them that 30 minutes and then it kind of naturally just happens, give or take five minutes where they just can like, all right, we're going to relax. And you can see the difference. You can see a huge difference. And then all I have to do usually as far as coaching goes to answer your question, usually then all I have to do is say, okay, like move your hand a little bit here or turn your body a little bit this way or let's capture this light over here instead. And I'm not having to necessarily coach them on their whole body or like their whole pose often unless I have a specific idea and it it's a lot easier then but that at least for me I found that that first half hour is kind of like a a what I don't know what to call it it's like a getting it's like a warm-up well yes thank you that's perfect (laughs) a warm-up time because it's very rare occasionally but very rare for the first half hour of any photo shoot for me turns out any good pictures and that takes the pressure off them if you say it because we go you know what for the first half hour I don't expect any of these to be good so like let's just play and then they get into that mode of let's just play and then that kind of breaks the ice a little you do better than me I'm not very good at coaching people I say that like I've been very lucky I work with a lot of very experienced models so I haven't really needed to a lot of the time but yeah, maybe I do. I don't know. Well. You've worked with phenomenal models. And I am <laughs> I'm lucky. Super. Well, I can't. I don't want to say jealous, but one day I would love. To, I, we're going to. Trey and I have been talking about going over there again. We're, I'm going to come over there and we'll do like all the. With a suitcase shows. full of journals. Yes. With a suitcase full of journals. <laughs> we'll see how many free check bags they allow. <laughs> and we'll. Uh, what? Sorry. We'll just go through TSA. And it'll just be like all they see are books in the X-ray machine. <laughs> I'd be like, "What? Don't question it. Don't yeah, just yeah. They must think it. yeah. I'm a bit bonkers. I mean, they, they probably think I'm bonkers when they go through the X-ray machines at the airport when the UPS parcels come in and they're like, book, 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 book. What? <laughs> I mean, if they were books that were textbooks or other types of books, they may not question it, but. Mm. Oh, I meant to tell you, one of us got open they, at customs and they checked the parcels there. Probably just said, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, they weren't lying. It really is a bunch of parcels. <laughs> <laughs> really, really is 15 books. Mm. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> okay. um, by the way, I'm just letting you know I'm going to have to shoot off soon because it's getting close to little ben's bedtime so i just thought that you know rather than just being like i've got to go now so that's okay we've been on for a good hour or more now so um i wanted to tell you that the truth found in the chat said you are so nice thank you thank you i'm sure he's talking about you but no it was you (laughs) that's you Angelica, this this was really fun. Uh, you have 
you have a very unique perspective on art and i think what you bring to the photography and really just to the artistic world is just it's refreshing to to have that level of honesty and honestly i also love the fact that you're journaling for your daughter and so i would love to hear more about that once uh once she's a little bit older and she starts reading some of them if you let her um i'd love to hear more about that <laughs> she's not allowed not till i'm dead um maybe <laughs> 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 she might be allowed some of them but then i think sometimes i think because i've done it in a view that she can have them and i'm gone and it can help her feel connected rather than while i'm still alive i've maybe been a bit more honest that i would want to be like there have been a few things i've spoken about where i've been like really candid where i'm like yeah, yeah definitely not in your teenage years do you want to know that your mother has those thoughts <laughs> no, not literally but like if I've been feeling about like a negative situation like as much as I may deal with it one way like I may think about it in another and sometimes I've maybe been more honest and if she's a teenager I wouldn't want her to think it's okay to feel negatively about things like I don't know what I want I'm, I'm terrible I know I'm just winging the whole parenthood thing like as anybody does <laughs> hopefully I won't break her <laughs> <laughs> no the fact that you're worried about that I think just shows that you're going to be an, a great parent so mm. just breathe have uh in the immortal words of a Disney movie <laughs> have courage and be kind oh I like that they should put that on one of those journals right <laughs> we have to make our own line of journals now I think. we do i think we really need to i mean just the thing is these guys use really pretty paper so we've got to somehow find access to this really pretty paper but i think we'd make a great line of journals i mean why not people can self-publish so why can't we put a journal together we should we should. We'll get on that. We're going to do one, this. One we have time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tell me about it. <laughs> uh, well, as we close this episode out, Angelica, thank you so much for joining. Um, this thank episode, you. along with probably every other podcast, Forever and Ever, is dedicated to Joe Capone, our fellow moderator, comedian, encourager, and greatly missed friend. You can find us on social media. Follow us to find out uh, updates, announcements, and more. Just search for Modern Romantic. Uh, thanks, everybody. And have courage and be kind. Have a great day. Bye. Hi, I'm Emily. Hi, and hi, I'm Trey. <laughs> we want to tell you a little story about how we started this podcast. About a decade ago, Trey and I used to work together in a retail clothing store. The store that shall not be named Men's Haberdashery. And we really hit it off if you couldn't tell. Honestly, those were the days. <laughs> so many jokes. Like Gary Busey. <laughs> and the announcements on the intercom. This is your captain speaking. And Gonzo! <laughs> we were hilarious. We are shamelessly, intensely self-aware of our own hilarity because we thought we were comedians we figured we should have a podcast but about what i mean since we both had a background in the arts maybe something about that right we thought because both of us are in fashion also you were in costuming and photography and me in singing corporate espionage and theater it totally made sense hey Plus, did I mean you just say corporate espionage look i signed an nda let's move on okay you know, 
it was like one of those things where you're like, let's start a garage band and it's exciting. And then you realize that you don't really have a garage to practice in. And then years later, like eight years later, we decided to make it happen. We bought a proverbial garage. It's so nice in here. Mm-hmm. Do you want something from the mini fridge? Um, do we have anything chocolate? I got you. Yes. So because we both love romanticism, we both love art, so it became the Modern Romantic Podcast. And here we are. Do you know what the best part of the story is? Uh, we finally came down to Earth and realized we aren't comedians. No! We get oh. to interview artful heroes and creators while inspiring others. Okay, yes, yes. Plus, we have a wonderful, supportive community. I love connecting people. Plus, we're still delirious. I mean, hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Let's never lose that. Never!